and this is 24. Be willing to follow you, then thou shalt be clear from my oath. 
Only bring not my son here again. And the servant put his hand under his thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, the city of Nahar. And he made his camels kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that the women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray you send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I say, let down your pitcher, I pray you, that I may drink. And she will say, drink, and I will give your camels drink also. Let the same be she that has appointed for thy servant Isaac. Thereby shall I know that you have showed kindness to my master. Yes. I want to talk to you. We've been on the subject on grace. And I'm going to stay on the subject of grace. But we're going to dive into a little different direction with it today. Because I want to talk to you on the subject, the grace of a giver. The grace of a giver. Probably doesn't excite you now. But it might have a little bit. The grace of a giver. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for all of your goodness upon our life. Speak into our hearts. Speak into our minds. Speak into our spirit. Lord, may we be the kind of people you would have us to be for you. We're going to bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I was... Um, I at first really surrendered my life to God in my early 20s. And I've kind of told most of you through preaching how that came about for me. But I never will forget, I, was, I, I began studying the Bible, and, and as someone in the early 20s, I was being pulled in so many different directions. Uh, I was being pulled to God. But, 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 but I had all different sorts of directions pulling me as well. Yeah. And the majority of them was pulling me away from God. Yeah. But, but, but even in the middle of all of this pulling, I felt I needed to get into the Word of God and, and study the Word for myself. To not serve God because my parents did or grandparents did, but make a decision to serve God because I wanted to do it. And I wanted to know what God really said. I, I wanted to know what God said towards me and, and what he wanted out of my life. And it was a tough period of time because, like I said, I was being pulled in so many different directions. But I committed to God that I was going to get into his word for 15 to 30 minutes a day. And I stuck to my word, even in the middle of all this pulling. So in saying that, if you feel pulled in different directions, you still got to do what God's told you to do. And eventually, 
God's going to see it all come to pass how he wants it to come to pass. So I got to a familiar scripture that I had known in John 3, 16. And I started reading, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I began reading that, and I began reading it over and over and over and over again. And I was honestly studying about, I couldn't believe that God would love somebody like me. And that God would want to use someone who was being pulled in so many different directions. There were times that I felt like I, I was not a good Christian. Uh, I was not someone who could represent God. So I couldn't believe that God would love somebody like me who, who was so, and I'm going to be honest, even though the Bible teaches not to be, I felt I was so double-minded. Uh, and at the same time, I got to this scripture, and the word gave stuck out to me. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. God loved me, and because he loved me, he gave. And so I, I, I went on this journey of becoming a giver. And I started realizing through the word of God that the Bible talks a lot about being a giver. And, and, and so it was then becoming in my prayer, God, I want to give you everything I have. I want to give you my time. I want to give you my energy. I want to give you my talents and abilities. God, if you, if you give me finances, I want to give you that. I want to give you in every aspect of my life. And, uh, and, and so I began making this prayer to God. And I, I, I never will forget, I was talking to this minister one day who was this elderly gentleman. And uh, he was probably in his late 80s, uh, been retired from ministry. And I began just as a young 20-year-old just trying to glean truth from, from this man who probably wouldn't be living that much longer. And I never will forget, I went to his house one day and said to him, I, I just feel like God wants me to be a giver. I feel like that's what God's wanting out of my life, for me to be a giver. And I said, but, but I'm being challenged with it because everything about me doesn't want to be a one. And, and so I'm being challenged in this because everything in my flesh is saying don't be one, but everything in my spirit is telling me to be one. Right. And right then, the Lord, I mean, I mean, this elderly gentleman just said to me, he said, name me a scripture in the Bible. He said, have you been studying your Bible? I said, yes, sir. He said, name me a scripture in the Bible that someone was obedient to God. And left worse off after they were a giver. I said, I really can't. He said, okay, then why are you wrestling with it? That's up. And for 20 some years that has stuck with me. That no one in the whole Bible has been a giver in any area of their life that left worse off than before they gave. And so it was in that mindset that I made up my mind. And I'm going to be honest, if there is one message, one message 
that most people do not want to hear is the blessing message. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most people don't want to hear the blessing message. Most people get turned off by the blessing message. Most people just, I, I don't want it. And here's the whole reason. It's not the fact that most people don't want to be blessed. Come on, let's just be honest. Yeah. Who's going to turn down a day of rest? Yeah. Who's going to turn down help? Yeah. Who's going to turn down an extra hundred bucks? Yeah. Nobody's going to turn down being blessed. Here's the whole problem. We don't get mad that God wants to bless us. We get mad that in order for that to happen, we have to be a giver. That's right. That's right. See, we all want the blessing. Let me tell you something. The moment, the moment you make up your mind to be a giver, every negative thought is going to come into your mind. And the reason is this, and I'll supposed to say this later on in the message, but it's on me, so I'm saying it now. The reason is this. The enemy can't do nothing about a law God established. And God established a, a law in Genesis chapter number 8 called sea time harvest. And the enemy can't stop harvest from coming once seed is sown. But if he can stop the seed from getting sown, then the law doesn't work for any of us. So that's why we all get excited about preach to me about the harvest. But don't talk to me about my responsibility because I don't want to hear it. Tell me how God's great. Don't tell me how I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Amen. So the battle is over, and it's been like this over my life, and it's been like this over your life, over being a giver. But I found out once you let purpose in your heart to be a giver, God gives you a grace to give. Yeah. The Bible says in Colossians 3, verse number 23, and whatever you do, do it heartily. In other words, whatever you do, put your heart in it. Yeah. As unto the Lord and not unto men. Yeah. 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 So he says, whatever we do, whatever we do. If we go to church, go to a church and put your heart into it. That's right. That's right. If you're going to go have a job, when you work, put your heart into it. That's right. If you're going to have a family, put your heart into it. Whatever you do, do it with your heart. Well, how can I put my heart into it? Because you do it to the Lord, not to men. If you're going to have a family, treat your family like the Lord's in the house. And if you wouldn't say it in front of the Lord, don't say it in front of the kids. That's right. That's, right. That's good. That's good, yeah. Uh oh. 
Don't come to church and say, well, I'm not doing this because they're not doing this. Well, if the Lord would be there, you'd probably be doing different. Yeah. You see, he said, whatever you do, do it to the Lord, not to men. You see, it's easy to have a spirit, a grace of a giver. When I make up in my mind, I'm going to give my energy into this place because I'm doing it for God, not for people. I told this on Wednesday night, and I'll tell it again. I told the priest team probably about a decade ago. I said, the problem with you and the priest team is you think you're singing to people. And you don't think you're singing to God. And if you knew God, that God was in the house, your praise would be a whole lot different and your worship would be a whole lot different Amen. if you knew Jesus was sitting on the front row. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, here's the problem. He is sitting on the front row. That's right. You see, whatever we do, God commands us to do it to the Lord. Not to people. He said, in other words, put your heart into it. Put your heart there. If you're going to do it, why do it halfway? That's right. If you're going to do it anyway, why say, well, I'll do this, but I'm not going to do that? Whatever I do, I say, God, I'm going to, I'm going to receive your grace to be a giver in this. And whatever I'm giving at the moment, if I'm giving my time, my talents, my energy, whatever I am giving at that moment, I'm giving it to you, believing you're going to give me a grace to be able to do this. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 41, And whosoever shall compel you to go a mile, go with him too. You see, we brag because we're going a mile for people. And God's saying, well, when they ask you to go a mile, don't just stop at the mile. Go too. Yeah. Go so much above and beyond that you have a grace to go above and beyond. Go so much a second mile that you can't throw it in people's face. Look what I gave to you here. Yeah. Because they didn't ask you to give it. That's right. You went above and beyond. That's right. Because that's what God asked you to do. Yeah. You see, when you have the grace of a giver, you say, I want to go above and beyond. Good enough is not good enough. Mediocrity is not good enough. Average is not good enough. Jesus didn't love me with an average love. Jesus didn't die with me for me for an average sacrifice. Jesus didn't rescue me with a mediocre, mediocre rescue. Matter of fact, Jesus showed up and ravishly blessed me. Amazingly rescued me. Incredibly saved me. So why would I turn around and give him mediocre when he has never given me mediocre? Why would I give him 
good enough when he's never given me good enough. Yeah. It is because if we're not careful, we get sucked into the norm of society. Yeah. And everybody else is doing it. And everybody else is doing average. And everybody else is doing mediocre. And everybody else is not giving their best. Well, you're not everybody else. That's right. You represent a higher kingdom. Yes. You represent the kingdom of God. You don't, you, just because your neighbors are doing it, don't mean you're going to do it. Because you represent something higher than what your neighbors are representing. You're representing the kingdom of God in your neighborhood. You're representing the kingdom of God on your job. You're coming and there's a sinner that needs a savior today. There's a person with a broken heart that needs to find hope in Jesus. You're not coming to church just for you. You represent a higher kingdom. You're coming to church hoping to give relief and comfort and God to someone else. You represent a higher kingdom. You represent a greater kingdom who deserves more than mediocrity. So if you're going to do it, don't just do it. Put your heart into it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Don't you hate it? When someone acts like they're really thinking of you and plans something for you, but you know that was a last minute thing they put together. Wow. All right, all right, all right. Women, let's talk to you. Don't you hate it when he knows the anniversary? Y'all celebrated the same anniversary for 23 years. But then you can tell on the anniversary, he thought about this two hours ago. See, it means something when someone puts their heart into it. That's right. And the same way it means something to all of us when someone puts their heart into it. It's the same way it means something to God. That's right. When he knows we put our heart into it. Yes. That's good. Amen. The Bible says in Luke 6, verse number 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. Give. The prerequisite is to be a giver. And when I'm a giver, God gives me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But it's up to me to love that way. It's up to me to give that way. It's up to me to... Offer it that way first. And when I do that, God gives me the grace to continue to do it. Galatians 6, verse number 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He said, Don't be deceived about this. Whatever you give first is coming back to you. You give love, it's coming back. You give your energy, it's coming back. You give your positive thoughts, it's coming back. 
You give your prayers, it's coming back. You give blessings, it's coming back. You give service, it's coming back. Whatever you give God, it's coming back to you. You give sin, sin's coming back. Whatever you give, it's what's coming back. And here's the cool thing. You and I get to decide what we want back. Wow. That's good. Wow. Yeah. What do I want? Here's what I want. I want God's goodness. Yeah. I want friends. Yeah. I want Christian friends. Yeah. I want to know God. Yeah. I, I, I want to be surrounded by godly people. Yeah. I want help. Yeah. So guess what I gotta do first? Yeah. Yes. I gotta have the grace to get it. And when I have the grace to give it, it's going to come back to me. Anybody who tells you you can receive something from God without first giving has deceived you. Amen. Amen. Now watch this. Daniel chapter number 6, verse 30. I came all this way. That was my introduction. I came all this way to wrap it up like this. Then this Daniel was preferred above presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Here's what Daniel said. Before anything happened, Daniel said I am a person of excellence. And if I'm going to do it with my heart, it's going to be the best. I can't describe and I can't worry about the character of someone else. I can only worry about my character. And I purpose in my heart that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it at its very best. I can do it at it. You might can do it better. But I'm going to purpose in my heart, I'm going to give the best I got. And God said, when you have a spirit like that, I'm going to promote you. I'm going to put you over entire kingdoms. I'm going to make you preferred above presidents and princesses. Not because of who you are, not because of where you were born, not because of the kind of pedigree that you have, not because of the job you got or the education you have. I'm going to do it because you purpose in your heart that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be the best at it. So why don't we cut all this stuff out and let's just be honest. If I'm going to be married, I'm going to be the best married person who's ever lived. If I'm going to have kids, I'm going to be the best parent that there's ever been. If I'm going to go to church, come on now. 
I'm going to be the best Christian that I can possibly be. If I'm going to serve God, I'm going to be the best I can be. If I'm going to go to work tomorrow, my boss is going to say, you're the best employee I've ever had because I have a spirit of excellence. And because of that spirit, that's what I give. And guess what always comes back? Maybe not in the person I give it to, but it will always come back. Good work. So if you're going to do it, why don't you just do it at your very best? Average and mediocrity are the enemies of excellence. Excellence is not being perfect. Excellence is the pursuit of giving God my very best. I said it Wednesday night and I'll say it again. I went to work for my dad one day, and I was making $75 a week. And uh, I was late to work, and uh, I tried to walk in by his office real quick so he wouldn't notice if he noticed anyway. He said, Jonathan, and right then I knew I was in trouble because he used my full name. And I turned around and he goes, uh, hey. Why are you late? Oh, you know, da, 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 da. and here's what he said. When a person wants to do something, they find a way. Yeah. And when a person doesn't want to do something, they find an excuse. Right. Yeah. He looked at me and he said, For the rest of your life, I want you to know this. Every time you give an excuse, it's because you really didn't want to do it. And for the rest of your life, everybody who gives an excuse to you, remember, it's because they didn't really want to do it. Because anybody who wants to finds a way. Can you serve God? Yes. I believe you can find a way to give Him your best. Can you be the best husband you can be? Absolutely. I believe you can find a way to be the best man that that woman's ever seen. Can you be a godly wife? You better believe you can. You can forget those things which are behind you and you can reach to what's in front of you and you can be the godly woman God's called you to be. You don't have to reach for excuses. You can find a way because the fact is that you're here. I want to say a thing. While there's a lot of people just in this church service who got up in the middle when they found out I was preaching on giving because they thought I was asking for money. And this message has nothing to do with money. 
you sat here through the whole thing knowing this. I want to be what God wants me to be. And I want to tell you, you got to quit looking for excuses. Yeah, every Christian is imperfect. Yeah, there's hypocrites in here right now. The first one, all you got to do to look for them is look in front of you. Because I'm the biggest hypocrite in this whole church. Yes, Christians are messed up. Yes, Christians aren't perfect. Yes, people go to church for wrong reasons. Yes, you're going to get hurt in church. Yes, people are going to talk about you in church. Yes, people are going to backstab you in church. But guess what? They're going to do it at the doctors, at the mechanics. They're going to do it at the hairdressers. They're going to do it at the bank. And they're going to do it at the nightclub. If I'm going to do it, I'm just going to choose to give my best and not worry about everybody else. I'm not responsible for you. What you sow, you reap. I'm only responsible for me. And what I sow, I reap. I'm faithful. I'm committed. I'm going to give my best. And I'm not judging you if you don't. I'm compelling you. There's a better life. And if you'll give it. Give it. He'll take you to a life a person by putting thoughts of self, grief, time in their mind so they will not give or be fully obedient because he can't stop the power of the seed once it's given. The enemy can't stop love once it's given. The enemy can't stop hope once it's given. The enemy can't stop service once the service is being given. If you're going to do it, do it right the first time. If you're going to do it, do it right the first time. Yes. Be a, have a spirit of excellence. If you're going to invest, make it quality. Make it quality. If you're going to do it, do it with quality. Hey, here's something. Finish what you start. That's good. In the history of me being a pastor of churches, I have never seen the amount of people who start something yeah. and then stop it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. 
if you come to me and ask me to start something, and I allow you to start, and then two months later you're giving it back to me, yeah. that is no character. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Because you're the one who has to start. That's right. And now you're making me look bad yeah. in front of people. Yeah. Because it looks like I started. Yeah. When in all reality, I didn't care whether it started or not. Yeah. You cared. Yeah. So I allowed you to serve God with your ideas. Yeah. And then you turn around and don't follow through and then make the pastor look bad. Yeah. 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 You ought to ask forgiveness. Yeah. Because you ain't making the announcement for it, I am. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lord. Come That's on. good. That is true. I just wanted to say that because it's been needed to be said for about a year and a half. Yeah. Good word. If you're going to do it, do it for Jesus. Identify the areas of your life that you're average and mediocre in. And release your faith by confession that you're a person of excellence. Lord, I thank you for waking me up today. I thank you for my family. Lord, I'm going to be an excellent husband today. I'm going to be an excellent dad today. I'm going to be an excellent Christian today. I'm going to represent you and your kingdom with excellence today. God, I bless you for it. You make that confession of me. 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 12, and I'm done. Knowing that whatever you, for as, even so you, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts. You say, we're all wanting, what's this? Spiritual gifts. Yeah. Give me a gift so I can show off. He said, before you do all that, see first that you can be excelled, be excellent in edifying the church. Now, I know you ain't going to like this, but I didn't come to be popular. I came to be powerful this morning. Yes. Come on. Yes. Here's what Paul said. You are real zealous in wanting things for you. Yeah. But before you ask about you, here's what you should seek. Seek. Look for. Try to find. Go after See, you should see that you can excel or be excellent in building up the church. Yeah. trying to look for you first. Wow. That's right. That's right. It ain't coming. I got to be honest with you. Either you or God's going to be wrong. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, betting on, I'm betting on God's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, 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 so watch this. Whatever I'm looking for has to be done first for the church. Yeah. Then he puts a law in place of seed time harvest that whatever I do coming back. Yeah. 
Don't you dare ever talk about the harvest in someone's life when you wasn't there and saw the seed that they sowed. Yeah, that's right. There are people in this room right now who have sowed seeds to their kids over and over, sowed seeds in their family over and over. A husband sowing to love and encouragement into that wife. A wife sowing love and encouragement into their husband. They didn't just get that marriage overnight. Yeah. That thing happened over time because they reaped what they sowed. Someone be riding in the kingdom of God. Maria, everybody I know. Everybody I know. Jerry, I'll throw you in this too. Everybody I know, when they need prayer, yeah. call you too. Yeah. 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 Amen. Everybody I know. People in this church, the moment they come up and say, Pastor John, will you pray for us? Go see Maria. Jerry. Yeah. We'll pray for you. That didn't come overnight. That anointing didn't happen overnight. That anointing happened because you woke up early in the mornings and said, I'm just going, Lord, I'm going to seek you. And I don't feel you. I don't sense you. But Lord, I'm going to call on you. And you did it day one and week one and week 30. And it kept on happening. And then overnight, here comes the anointing. And then there are people in this room that are saying, well, I want to be like them. You can. Sow what they sowed. And you get what they got. This is easy. This ain't difficult. This is easy. You can be the woman of God you are called to be. Start sowing it. You can be the man of God God called you to be. Start sowing it. Amen. Amen. And here's the thing. God will give you a grace to do it. Once you purpose in your heart and commit to your heart, God will give you a grace to do it. I'd be in my early 20s. Somebody asked me to come preach. And on a Friday and Saturday night, when all my friends was at the club, at the parties, I'd come up in the church. Y'all ever been to church at night? Yes. Alone? Yes. <laughs> and I'd come up to a church at night in front of empty seats and preach. I preach to the empty seats. I'm not talking about one. I'm talking about every time I preach to empty seats. When I started this church, I used to give. Marilyn used to work for me. She can tell you. I used to give all my employees off on Wednesday nights, on Wednesdays at lunchtime. Go home. Because I need, I need nobody here on Wednesdays. Because I'm preaching to empty seats. 
for the next hour. Wow. Why? Because I, I didn't know if I would just stand up and start preaching if I could give my best. Yeah. So I had to practice it. Yeah. Come on. Tell the truth. Come on. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Today, God has me to say to you that there's a lot of you that are asking God for change. There's a lot of us that are asking God to make things in our life better. And God is saying, all of us. You got to do it first. You got to be it first. You got to do it with your heart first. I'll turn it around. Who will turn it around? If you only knew what I could do with the power of the sea, you so. You only knew what I could do if every morning you woke up 10 minutes early and just opened your Bible. And not even doing it on purpose. Just, just open up your Bible and every morning let your kids see mama and daddy reading the Bible. Whew, you don't know what I can do in their life once they're 19 years old and they get in trouble. The things I'll tell them, remember what you saw. You don't know what I can do. With the power of the seed that you sow, that you do it with your heart. If you're in this room, and I don't care what aspect of a life, I don't, I don't care whether it's professional. I don't care if it's relational, family. I don't care whether it's spiritual, God, and church. I don't care what aspect it is. I don't care if it's just one aspect. I wonder how many of you can say, right now, like me, I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to hear what I say myself. Pastor, that I could be doing more from my heart with a spirit of excellence than where I'm at right now. At home, at church, in the community, in my job, I could be doing more. If that's you, you'll be honest. Raise your hand. Not to me, but to God, because He's the one you're doing it for anyway. Not to me, but to God. You don't do it for me. You don't do it for the church. You do it for God. Now, in the spirit of prayer, When are you going to start? When are you going to start? When am I going to start? Am I going to come in here on this Sunday and say this is my prayer, but I'm not committed to starting now? I'm not committed to doing it now? 
If not now, when are you going to? If you don't make up your mind to do it now. When are you going to do it now? up your hands, especially if you raised your hand. Slip up your hands and just tell him right now, God, I surrender my life to you. Once again, I'm surrendering my life to you. I give you my best. You have the best of me. I want to give my best tomorrow at work. I don't care what someone else is doing. I want to give my best tomorrow. God, I want to go home from church and give my best for the rest of the day to my family. I want to give them love that they can't go find nowhere else. I want to give them forgiveness like they've never seen before. I'm going to give my children words of affirmation that they can't go find in the back seat of some car somewhere. I'm going to give it to them today. When I come to your house, I'm going to give you the very best I got, God. I'm going to give you my best. You got the best of me. And the reason you got the best of me is because when everyone else saw the worst in me, you saw the best in me. And so, Lord, I give you the best of me because that's what you saw when you saved me. You saw the best of me. You didn't judge me for the worst of me. You loved me for the best of me. I could run a lap in this place right now. So Father, we give you our best today. We commit to giving you our best today. Give us the grace to be a giver in every aspect of our life. And we're going to bless you for it. Thank you. 
everybody look at me. Man, I got to quit. Everybody look at me. Yesterday was my daughter's day off. So I, I, I scheduled her to go to a workout yesterday. You go on Facebook, you say, go on Instagram. If you're not following me on Facebook or Instagram, get right with God and start. Just All right. So, well, I told her on Friday night, Dan, I scheduled you a workout at 1.30. So you can sleep in all day. But at 1 o'clock, we're leaving. So at 1 o'clock, I'm in my truck. And she's still getting ready. Mr. Boots, at 1.15, she comes out. And here's what she says to me on the way. Now, it takes 15 minutes to get there. And she says to me, Dad, I forgot my water. Can we stop by the store? And Maria said to her, okay. So I stopped by the store and it took her five minutes in the store. And she gets back in the car and I look at her. I look her square in the eyes, Kyle. I said, you look at me. Do better. If you knew the potential you had. If you saw you the way I see you, you would do better. I should never have to schedule another thing for you again because you should be scheduling them yourself because you want to be better. I should never have to remind you to get in my truck because you should want to do better. And you should have thought about it 30 minutes earlier and got you a water bottle at the house. at her and I said as much as I wanted for you there's going to be a time when daddy ain't going to be there and you're going to have to do better so last night I took her over to a little girl's house who was having a 16th birthday party. And they were having a birthday party at the beach, a spending night party. So I did what daddies do, should do. I sat her down and said, you got too big of a future to be wasting it. I don't know what all these other girls' goals are, but I know you have a goal. So you better do nothing tonight that's gonna stop you from reaching your goal. Now watch this. And here's what she said to me. Dad, I know. And I'm doing better. It ain't been eight hours. And she said it got so much in me what she said. I'm already doing better. You ain't got to remind me on nothing. I'm focused. 
Father, I pray you give everyone in this room a grace to be better. A grace to give better. A grace to be everything you've called us to be. There's a potential in this room of an army that you have formed to touch communities, to see families ravishly changed, to see the broken ravishly put back together, to see the messed up become whole again. There is an army that you're raising up in this place. And may we be everything you called us to be. May we be better in Jesus' name. If you receive it, say amen. Amen. amen.